You know, it could be that we'll live a long life on this earth. Maybe our life will be shortened. But it's really knowing how to have this abundant life. Jesus said that I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The only way that we have this abundant life is by responding to the shepherd's call. One of the questions I have for you today, have you responded to the shepherd's call or are you following false shepherds? You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Alright, today looking at John chapter 10, as we've already sung, talking about the Lord as the shepherd, the good shepherd, titled this Abundant Life. And here in John chapter 10, we have two of the seven I am statements of Jesus. We'll have both of them in the opening verses of this chapter, where number three, Jesus declares, I am the door. And number four, Jesus will declare, I am the good shepherd. We also find that one of the great teachings about the followers of Jesus being lambs, and although teaching about Shepherds and lambs is not too familiar. We're coming from an industrial society, not too many farmers in our congregation, if any. But it was a topic that was very familiar to the Jews. It would have been both in either the Old or the New Testament, but especially during the time that Jesus lived and first spoke these words, talking to people who lived in pastoral and agrarian societies, meaning they took care of animals and they raised crops. And that pretty much helped feed the society itself. So this would have been a very familiar topic to the children of Israel, that of shepherds and their sheep. We also find that some of the Bible's most famous men and women, they were shepherds like Abel, Abraham, Lot, Isaac, and perhaps Rebekah, his wife, Laban, and his sons were shepherds. Jacob, Rachel, and Leah, and Jacob's 12 sons were all shepherds, as we know, and Moses and Zephorah, his, her six, six sisters, six of them, seven all together, <laughs> I can do math, David and Solomon, uh, shepherding over the flocks of Israel, some of these over the animals, and then David, Solomon, over the people of Israel, Moses, over the people of Israel. 
we find concerning David in Psalm 78, 70, and 72, he also chose David, his servant, took him from the sheepfolds following the ewes that had young, and he brought them to shepherd Jacob, his people in Israel, his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart. He guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. David, one of the great shepherds of the Bible. And so we're going to learn about shepherds and their sheep today from Jesus in this famous passage from John chapter 10. I was thinking as we were singing and thinking about the gospel of John, there's so many chapters that are just well known, like John chapter 3 and especially verse 16, where Jesus declares that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And and there in John chapter 3, the encounter between Nicodemus and Jesus being recorded for us there. John chapter 4, the woman at the well. And as we come through the Bible, John 10, it's the great I am teaching. It's the good shepherd. And next week we'll continue in that theme, although we'll discover in verse 22 that some time will pass. And we're getting closer to Jesus being crucified on the cross. We have been for the last few chapters counting down the last six months of the Lord. We get to verse 22. It, it will tell us it's in the winter months there in Israel. And so as we know, winter and then comes spring. And spring would be when Jesus would be crucified. As we go through the gospel, we discover that we're getting into those closing months as Jesus is ministering to the people. And here he teaches about two of the great I am statements. He declares, I am the door and I am the good shepherd. And today we're going to learn about this abundant life that Jesus has promised us. And again, John 10. And we find John 10, 10, that great passage that says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And these are just in the church. These are verses, quite often chapters, that are known by us. Sometimes we know some of the verses out of the chapter without realizing the context from which it came. And I want us to see that today. We're going to look at verses 1 through 21. I titled this Abundant Life. And we will see the shepherd in verses 1 through 6. The door in verses 7 through 10. The Good Shepherd, verses 11 through 16, and the Power, in verses 17 through 21. I want to go ahead and read a little bit of the context, our first point. And we look at the Shepherd, verses 1 through 6, and open us in prayer. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. And Father, it may be that they did not understand the things that you were 
attempting to teach them. I pray, Father, that through the empowering of your Holy Spirit, that you would give us understanding of your words. I pray, Jesus, that we would heed and understand and know you as the Good Shepherd. This day we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we find Jesus, the shepherd, and he is accounting something that's very familiar to those who raise animals, especially sheep. We have a sheepfold, an enclosure that they would build. No doubt there were sheepfolds in the city and also sheepfolds in the wilderness. I kind of envisioned the sheepfolds of the city having gates and doors. At night, you could put your animals in, and it could be sheep from many different flocks in one sheepfold. And that's important to consider as we look at this passage today, sheep from many different flocks. But also in the wilderness, they would have sheepfolds that they would build. Basically, they would build an enclosure of four walls with an opening where the sheep could go in and out. And that enclosure could be built of stone. It could be built of wood. It could be built of uh, thorn bushes, but a place where they could safely keep the sheep at night to keep them from predators, to keep them from those who would want to steal them, to kill them from animals that would want to eat them. And so we find that the sheepfold was an enclosure where the animals were kept safe from thieves and from predators. And although they could have many sheep within a sheepfold, the sheep themselves would only respond to their shepherd's voice. You know, I was looking up this week, it reminded me of a children's nursery rhyme that we're used to singing. Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow. Just going through this chapter reminded me of that little nursery rhyme. Did you know that was based on a true story of a girl named Mary who found this little lamb that at first was unable to care for itself, so she nursed it to health and On her way to school one day, she called for the lamb and it followed her. So she tried to hide it away from the teacher. It didn't work for long, you know, as lambs might do, as animals might do. It didn't stay silent for long, long, but it became a little famous thing, this lamb. They even made uh, socks and mom took the wool and, and after it became this little famous nursery rhyme, they deconstructed the woolen socks and made greeting cards and would attach a little of the lamb's wool to the greeting cards. But the lamb would follow, and that is true, when especially a lamb like Mary's lamb was injured, something was wrong with it and was nursed back to health, it would know the shepherd and would follow the voice of the shepherd. So a shepherd could come into a sheepfold call his lambs, and only his lambs would follow. And the rest, if there were three or four different flocks within the sheepfold, only those who belonged to the shepherd would follow the voice of their shepherd. So he would lead them out. He would watch over them. They would follow him. They would be kept safe. So those who did not enter by the gate, as Jesus would say, we know that's true. You know, if you come in by any other way, If it's your home, someone comes to your front door, you open the door and invite them in. They're guests of yours. 
But if you're not home and they jimmy the front door and break in, or they break a window and uh, come in through a back window or some other means, well, they're not guests, they're thieves and they're robbers. Those who would not enter by the gate, they were thieves and robbers. And the, the shepherd was recognized by the doorkeeper. He would be allowed to enter the proper way by the gates. And although the religious rulers, and here's what Jesus was trying to get to. The religious rulers of Jesus' day, they saw themselves as shepherds over the people of Israel. But God saw them differently. He saw them as fattened sheep who fed upon the lean and the weak within their flock. I don't have sheep. Anybody here keep any flocks there in the backyard? We don't, do we? God saw them as fattened sheep, not those who were shepherds over the children of Israel, but just sheep like the others who were actually feeding upon the lean and the weak. In Ezekiel 34, 20 through 24, God said to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean sheep, because you have pushed with side and shoulder, butted all the weak ones with your horns, scattered them abroad. Therefore, I will save my flock, and they will no longer be a prey. I will judge between sheep and sheep. He doesn't say I will judge between the shepherds and the sheep, but between sheep and sheep. I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. My servant David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, has spoken this. Interesting that this prophecy came after David had already died. He had already been king over Israel. And yet God is referring back to David, my shepherd David. He's actually referring to Jesus coming as a son of David who would shepherd over the flock of Israel. But God and Jesus saw them differently. God saw the rulers of Israel as just some mean sheep that were part of the flock that were beating up on the weak ones. We call them bullies, right? It seems like, you know, when I was going through school, probably still true this day, that there's always the bullies in school. And they can be girls or guys, but they're just mean and they beat up on the weak ones. It's interesting to me that some of those weak ones, those geeks that nobody paid much attention to, are some of the richest people in the United States and in the world today. So we find that it's true to this day. You have those who try to rule over others and those who would follow them, those who are sometimes beaten into submission but it's really bullies against uh, the rest who are much weaker. And Jesus says, I will be your shepherd. And he speaks about his voice in verses four through six. When he enters into the sheepfold, he brings them out. He brings out his own sheep. As I said, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. They will follow him, as it says in verse four, because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll flee away from them. Have you ever seen that with many different animals, that animals will know the voice of their, it could be a, a dog, I don't know about cats, they don't tend to be so obedient all the time, they have a mind of their own, but dogs will know the voice, will come to the voice of their master, but not so much, they might 
growl at a stranger or they might be timid around a stranger. Sheep much the same way. They know the voice, but they won't follow a stranger. They'll flee from them because they don't know the voice of a stranger. And it tells us the Lord used this illustration, but they did not understand what he was talking about. Now, contrary to popular opinion, sheep are not dumb animals. They know some good things. They know who feeds them. They know the shepherd who protects them and cares for their needs. Isn't that what we need to know as followers of Jesus Christ? He who feeds us, he who protects us, and he who cares for our needs. Isn't that what we need to know? To distinguish in this world the difference between hirelings, as we'll get into the next section, false shepherds versus the true shepherds, those whom we should follow. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And just as there were hirelings and false shepherds in Jesus' day, there continues to be those false shepherds, those hirelings, false brothers, false prophets, false teachers in our world today, but also in the church today. We find in Galatians 2, 4, Paul warned of this. He said, this occurred because false brethren secretly were brought in. We need to pay attention to those who are teaching us. And especially today, we have access to so many different Bible teachers via the internet. And we can hear a lot of different teachers concerning the Word of God. Because of uh, social media, we might have people who are following the, the next big trend in Christianity. And we need to be careful about who we're reading, who we're listening to, We need to simply make sure that what they're teaching is lining up with the Word of God. There are those who will attempt to sway people away. And they'll tickle the ears that they might gain from the sheep, gain wealth from the sheep, gain a following of sheep. Peter wrote about it in 2 Peter 2.1. He said, there'll be false prophets among the people even as they will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction, even denying the Lord who bought them. They'll be false teachers. And in the church today, we have false teachers who are saying, you know what, maybe Jesus isn't the only way. That Christianity doesn't have a corner on this thing called salvation. And yet we'll read in the Gospel of John when we get to chapter 14, verse 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. And we have those in the church saying that there could be many ways that lead to heaven. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to not base our faith upon what we believe or what we think in the sense of our own opinion, we need to base that faith upon what the Word of God says. And if Jesus says that He is the only way, then He is the one that I want to follow. Now, I'd mentioned that there have been many shepherds. We find famous ones in the Bible. And the very first one that we have 
presented to us in the Bible is that of Abel. And we know the story of Cain and Abel when there was a time when they came to these two brothers to present their offering to the Lord that Abel offered a young lamb to the Lord where his brother Cain offered some of the fruits from his garden and Abel's offering was received by the Lord and Cain's was rejected and God came to Cain and said, if you do what was right, you'll also be received. But we discover that Cain's heart was just wrong. He rose up at one point and he killed his brother. You know, Abel may have had a short life. It was definitely shortened upon this earth. We don't know how many years that he lived. But in that short life, he had an abundant life. Jesus even mentioned him in Matthew 23, 35, and he spoke about the righteous blood of Abel that it still testifies to this day, his righteous blood. You know, it could be that we'll live a long life on this earth. Maybe our life will be shortened, but it's really knowing how to have this abundant life. Jesus said that I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The only way that we have this abundant life is by responding to the shepherd's call, the call of Jesus Christ. One of the questions I have for you today, have you responded to the shepherd's call or are you following false shepherds? Secondly, we find the door verses 7 through 10. The Lord said, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and come out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And so here we have the Third I am statement, I am the door. The door by which we must enter is Jesus Christ. As he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus Christ being this door. So he moves from being a shepherd over the sheep to being the door of the sheep. And while calling the religious rulers of Israel at this time, he's calling them Anyone who has come before me, they're thieves and they're robbers. And the sheep refuse to follow them. You know, I was thinking about this. Why does Jesus Christ, even after 2,000 years, he still gains such a great following? There are a lot of people on this earth today who believe in Jesus Christ. And although in the churches today, sadly here in the United States, numbers are declining in many of our churches it's not true in many of the evangelical churches. Numbers tend to be statistically improving in churches that continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in other parts of the world, especially in areas where Christianity has been outlawed, numbers are actually increasing. Why would people follow a man named Jesus who lived around 2,000 years ago, when it could mean their very lives. The race begins by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior.
But that's only the beginning of the race. From that day forward, we have to continue to run, to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you, Lord, for your word and for what it teaches us. We thank you, Lord, that you are the door and that through faith in you, your death, burial, and resurrection, we can have life. We thank you, Lord, that you are the good shepherd who watches over your flock, your church, both Jew and Gentile. And I pray, Lord, that you would just be with us now. Could be, Lord, in this congregation, that there are those who have never given their heart to you as the Lord and Savior of their lives. If that's the case today, Lord, I pray that they would surrender to you this day. Could be, Lord, that there are those who, Lord, they know you as Savior, but they've been running from the call that you have placed upon their heart. Perhaps today, Lord, you are calling them to follow you more completely, that they might gain that life more abundantly. It's our prayer this day. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. We'll be right back. 